Welcome to the Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Emma McConnell, equine vet, company director, wife, stepmom to one, chihuahua enthusiast, and lover of miniature ponies. We are on a mission to bring happiness back into veterinary medicine by shining the brightest of spotlights on all the positive aspects of the veterinary industry. Through the sharing of stories, we will showcase the magic and joy that comes with being a veterinary professional, encouraging you to remain motivated about this special vocation and helping you become as mentally wealthy as possible, both at work and in life. Every one of us has a unique story that is worth sharing, and this is the perfect platform to share the extraordinary tales of our colleagues and community. So settle in and rediscover the joy of veterinary medicine and get ready to feel inspired and energized about your chosen career. This is the Positivity Podcast. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to episode one of the Positivity Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'm just so excited to finally be able to share this podcast with you. Firstly, why positivity, you ask? That's positivity uniquely spelt ending in V-E-T-Y. It's simple. It's because there are just so many positive aspects to being a veterinary professional, and I strongly believe that it is high time we shine a spotlight on what those things are. As we give our guests the opportunity to share their own special stories, our weekly podcast will serve as a gentle reminder that despite all of its challenges, there is still so much joy in our profession. So I've actually had the idea for this podcast for quite a while now, uh, probably well over a year in fact, and it was only through chatting to a number of my dear colleagues and friends that I actually thought, okay, yes, maybe this could be something that people might be interested in. Maybe this is actually something that our industry really needs. And so I strapped on the big girl pants and set about putting this idea into action. So to those people, and you know who you are, I just want to say thank you so, so much for all of your encouragement and for believing in me and my dreams. There is no denying that the past couple of years have been more than challenging for our profession. We have lost far too many of our colleagues, and it seems that we are not only dealing with a COVID pandemic, but we are also suffering a pandemic of veterinary unhappiness. In our current climate, it seems that veterinary medicine is synonymous with excessive workloads, long hours, poor remuneration, depression, increase in mental health illnesses, and lowered mental well-being. And we are frequently being told that we have the highest suicide rate of all of the professions. So, of course, when this is all we hear, we can't help but focus on the negative. Of course, we are going to start questioning what the heck are we doing? Why did we choose this profession? Is there a better career option out there for me? Is there a better job that pays better with less hours and less stress? And this is something that I really struggle with. I find it so frustrating that we have so many fantastic vets and wonderful vet nurses that have lost their passion, that are constantly second-guessing themselves and looking for ways to diversify. 
I also really struggle with the fact that we have fourth and final year vet students that are already jaded about the profession before they've even had the opportunity to experience the job and all the good that comes with it. I find it heartbreaking when I have fourth and final year students coming to me and they're worried about how they're going to cope with compassion fatigue. They're worrying already about being sued. And it just seems so sad that this is actually the state that we and our industry are in. So why don't we talk about all the positive things? Why is it that we're always focused on the bad? Why is it that we're always talking and discussing the negative aspects? It's human nature, I'm sure. But what it does highlight is that the pursuit of happiness and career fulfillment really does need to be an active process. We can't just passively sit back and expect to be happy, expect to be fulfilled in our career. We have to consciously and proactively go out and create the life that we want to live. Happiness in veterinary medicine is one of Platinum CPD's core values. And yes, you might think that's a pretty fluffy value um, and maybe that does seem a bit cheesy to you, but I really do believe that it's something we should be focusing on so much more. I reckon it's going to do us a lot more good focusing on the good rather than the bad, and it's going to be far more beneficial to our mental wealth if we can think about and talk about all of the good parts of the job. When we speak about happiness, though, what exactly do we mean? So I guess informally, I would probably describe it as the extent to which we like the life we have. As it pertains to veterinary medicine, it could infer how much we like the job we are currently in and to what extent we would consider our career in a positive light. So it's fair to say, though, that this is a pretty one-dimensional assessment. It's going to be quite hard to objectively evaluate this. So what about if we were to add in another dimension? What if we were to consider effective well-being or the balance between pleasant and unpleasant feelings? So have you ever actually taken the time to sit back and reflect on the parts of your job that truly do give you pleasant feelings? And what parts of the job do you truly find unpleasant? And is there balance between the two? So for me, I find the client and patient interactions one of the more pleasant parts of the job. So if I do see, you know, a miniature pony walking through the door or a, I know that there's a little neonatal foal on its way in, then straight away that does really bring me instant joy. Being able to interact with those types of patients really does make me happy and will always bring a smile to my face. Having the opportunity to develop really good client relationships is also something that sits on that pleasant side. And yes, I know that, you know, we can have those really difficult clients and, um, you know, we have the clients that are perhaps not so nice, but certainly overall and on the whole, um, those client relations is something that I do really enjoy fostering. 
Another thing that sits on the pleasant side for me is our team environment. So I'm certainly really lucky to work with a great group of people. Um, I consider them more like family um, as well as I do co-workers. And I don't actually think that this is a unique situation to me. I think as an industry and as a profession, uh, we are really lucky to have such collegial relationships and to have such amazing teams to work with. And again, you know, this is something that's really pleasant for me. And then finally, having the opportunity to split my time between clinical and academic work is something that is a very positive thing for me. And I appreciate that, um, you know, for many that might be considered quite a luxury um, and I do really appreciate the opportunity that I have. But again, this is something that I find really positive about the particular job that I have chosen. So it can't all be positive though and there are definitely things in my job that I do find unpleasant and one of those is actually having to have those money conversations. So I always find it quite difficult and I really don't like having those conversations about the bill, especially, you know, when things are escalating, I find those conversations challenging and that for me definitely sits on the unpleasant side. I am an equine vet. And so, of course, we have to do after hours. So I'm not sure there's too many of us that find getting up in the middle of the night to be a pleasant experience. Um, And so for the most part, it's probably not too bad. But I think I would probably still put that, you know, on the slightly more unpleasant side of things. So putting all of these things together, we do have to look and see, are they balanced? Do we have balance? And if not, Is there anything we can do to increase the number of positive experiences we're having? The maths would say if we have more positive experiences than negative experiences, then overall we should certainly be happier. So maybe this is an approach that we can take as a profession to try and encourage a higher level of happiness. And so I would say it is most definitely time that we go from surviving to thriving. How exactly we do that? Well, it's going to be different for everyone. But our hope is that this podcast, even if it's just in a tiny way, will help to inspire or re-inspire and motivate you to feel great about being a veterinary professional. Yes, this might be ambitious, but hey, we do dream big over here and there's certainly no harm in that. Um, But overall, the purpose of this podcast is to try and change the narrative and alter the negative perception that's currently clouding veterinary medicine. We want to remind people why being a veterinary professional is such a special vocation. And we want to remind you how important our jobs actually are. We are necessary. I mean, during the COVID pandemic, we were classified and are classified as essential workers. We are essential to our community and we are definitely valued. And although it often doesn't feel like it, our clients really do need us. And I have no doubt that they really do value us. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Dr. Emma McConnell. I'm a registered specialist and senior lecturer in equine medicine, co-founder and director of Platinum CPD and a self-confessed lover of chihuahuas, miniature ponies and basically anything that contains Nutella. 
I currently live in Perth, Western Australia with my wonderfully supportive husband, Richard, who is my number one cheerleader. He always goes along with my crazy ideas and tends to always say yes, go for it, no matter how big my goal or dream. We also have two delightful little chichis, Speedy and Chico, and for those of you who follow Platinum CPD on social media, you will definitely know these two little monkeys quite well and all of the adventures that they get up to together. So whilst on the subject of Vets Pets, I have to say this past year was quite eye-opening for me actually, as I got to experience veterinary medicine from the opposite side of the consult table. Not just on one occasion, unfortunately, but on two or three. So last August, Speedy underwent surgery for a luxating patella. And I know in the grand scheme of things, this is a relatively straightforward procedure. It's an elective procedure. Um, However, it did actually give me some really great insight into what the veterinary experience is actually like for our clients. Compared to our clients, though, Was I more worried because I knew what could potentially go wrong or was I less worried because I had a deep understanding of the procedures and the risks associated? But the most interesting thing for me was actually how I felt about the post-operative instructions. So after I'd collected Speedy after he'd been discharged as I was driving home, I just had so many of these thoughts going through my mind. How was I going to medicate Speedy by myself when Richard was at work? How is he going to be able to eat and drink with his e-collar on? How was I going to stop him from jumping on the bed? Uh, Yes, he is one of those chihuahuas that sleeps on the bed with us. I'm not ashamed to admit. Um, And of course, how was I going to keep him confined for 12 weeks and lead walks only I just wasn't sure how Speedy was going to feel about that. And what about Chico, our other chihuahua? How is he going to deal with all of these changes? So I kind of thought, well, if I was having these thoughts and thinking these things and I'm a veterinary surgeon, what do our clients think? And I'm sure they have really similar things going on in their minds too. So having had this recent firsthand experience, I can clearly see how ensuring owner compliance can actually be really challenging. And it wasn't because I didn't want to follow the instructions precisely. I absolutely did. I, you know, wanted to be a really good pet owner. I didn't want to do anything that would jeopardize the surgery that had just been done. But certainly complying with the recommendations was really going to require some significant changes to our routine and not to mention um, quite a bit of effort as well. So I guess if I'm honest, before I had this experience, I can't say that I actively considered the impact my discharge instructions or recommendations might actually have on the owner of our patients. In their reality, how feasible is my advice and how easy is it going to be for the owner to adhere to my instructions? So I felt like this was actually a really good lesson for me and although we would never compromise on our patient care or 
necessarily change our recommendations. You know, obviously we need to tell owners they need to do the things they need to do um, for the good of the patient. But it did really open my eyes, I guess, and uh, help me to make sure that I do consider the owner as an actual person um, and I guess have more empathy towards them in that, you know, they also have busy lives. They also have a lot of things going on. Um, and so maybe just be a little bit more sympathetic um, towards their situation and maybe a little bit more forgiving in cases where owner compliance may not quite be 100%. So a slight digression, but I just thought this was really interesting and a lesson that I thought was perhaps worthwhile sharing. Getting back on track, I graduated from the University of Edinburgh in the June of 2006, um, which means I've actually been in practice for just over 15 and a half years boy, that went quickly. Um, And I've been in 100% equine practice for about 13 years. And I still count myself incredibly lucky to love the job, even after all of this time. So for sure, I definitely have my bad days. And absolutely, you know, sometimes the days can be really bad. Um, But on the whole, I still feel so, so lucky to get to do what I do every day. I know this may not be the case for many of our colleagues, and this is one of the main reasons for starting this podcast. Um, It's not to make out like, you know, veterinary medicine is perfect, you know, it's wonderful, it's all sunshine and roses, but rather to remind ourselves that yes, although our industry has some seriously major flaws and it is far from perfect, there is still so much to love about it and so much joy to be had. So what do we have in store for you? Every week we'll have a guest on the show and as they share their unique stories, you will be reminded about why being a veterinary professional is such a special vocation. Over the coming weeks, you will get to learn a little bit more about me and my story, as well as hearing from some really wonderful people. During the next couple of episodes, We will be hearing from Dr. Talita Hompas, emergency and critical care vet and high performance coach, as well as the highly entertaining Dr. Martin Dolinchek, expert equine dentist and our current EVA WA state rep. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. We have an incredible lineup of vets, veterinary nurses and industry professionals from all over the world all with some really inspiring tales to tell. So you want to make sure you hit subscribe, as trust me, you will not want to miss an episode. The day this episode is being released is actually the first Monday of 2022. Can you actually believe it? It literally feels like not that long ago, it was January 2021, but here we are. So with a new year comes new opportunity. 365 blank pages ready to be filled with whatever it is that makes us happy, the things that mean the most to us and the goals that we have set for ourselves. What I like to do at the start of every year is actually to perform an audit of my clinical skills. So I typically use an Excel spreadsheet, but you know, Google Sheets will also work perfectly fine or even a table in a Word doc. Um, And in that spreadsheet, I create four columns. In the first column, I write down all of the skills which I find super easy. So all of those things that 
you know, I literally just do automatically. You know, you're on autopilot when you're doing them. They're the things that you do numerous times a day, every day of the week. So for me, that would be something like, you know, taking a blood sample, giving injections, placing an IV catheter or passing a nasogastric tube. Um, So again, these are the things, you know, that you could literally do with your eyes closed. Not that you're going to do them with your eyes closed, but I'm sure if you had to, then you absolutely could. So that's column one. Then column two, I make a list of all the skills or procedures that I'm really comfortable doing, but I'm also very comfortable teaching others how to do it or supervising other others doing them as well. Um, so, you know, for me, maybe this might be something like a, you know, gastroscopy or upper respiratory scope, abdominal ultrasound, BAL, for example. Then column three, I'll pop all of the skills that I know how to do or I've done, but I definitely want to improve upon. So it might be something that maybe I've just done once or twice, you know, maybe I've done it with another colleague, um, you know, but don't feel super confident doing it. So definitely want to improve on that. And then the final column, I'll put the list of all of the skills that I still want to learn. So certainly, and obviously it makes sense that as we get more and more experienced, that final column probably gets shorter and shorter. And maybe at this point, you know, you might only have a couple of items on it. And maybe they might be sort of less clinical skills, but maybe more soft skills or, you know, slightly diversified skills or even leadership skills. But I certainly really believe that we should never, ever leave that fourth column blank. So for me, two of the skills that I've added to that final column for 2022 include improving my understanding of statistics. I know, super exciting. Um, And also performing ultrasound guided centesis of cervical CSF in a standing horse. So um, I have done this on a cadaver previously, but this is the year I'm going to do it in a live patient, provided, of course, a suitable case presents itself. So over time, um, I've really found that one of my cornerstones to happiness and my career satisfaction is ongoing upskilling. So as we head into 2022, I really encourage you to sit down and take the time to do this exercise. You might be pleasantly surprised as to how it will actually make you feel as not only is it quite motivating as it provides clarity and focus to your continuing professional development, but it also offers an amazing chance to reflect on just how highly skilled you actually are and how far you have come during your career. Like Albert Einstein says, commit yourself to lifelong learning. The most valuable asset you'll ever have is your mind and what you put into it. So it's definitely worth sitting down, taking a bit of time to do this. As we wrap things up, I would just like to say thank you so much for joining me and I really hope you've enjoyed this first episode. If you're keen to join us every week, then make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way you won't miss out on any of our special guest interviews we have coming up. You can also follow us as Platinum CPD on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, That's where we share all of the information about our upcoming CPD events as well as lots of useful content. 
To finish, I would just like to take this opportunity to wish you and your families a very happy new year and a wonderful week ahead. I can't wait to catch up with you again next week. Bye for now.